This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, New Life. It's Angela here, and I am... um... I have just the best husband. I don't mean that to be competitive, but he booked me a little getaway for myself. So I'm up in Clear Lake uh, while we're recording this. And I just love a change of scenery. And I just love change in general. Although this year has pushed my change quota, uh, maybe for you as well. (laughs) But I'm so happy to be here this morning because we are doing something a little different. Uh, We always want our content on Sunday mornings to be an encouragement to you and a way for us to learn together because there's always room for us to, to understand a little bit better how Jesus's message brings us hope and peace and joy and explains how life works. Um, But we usually do it in a format of a teacher. And this morning, we're going to do it in a format of a conversation. And so without further ado, my conversation buddy is Ron. Hey, everybody. It's so good to see you. Uh, Hey, it's Valentine's Day. And uh, that's a very special day for uh, certainly everyone who has a significant other. And so I just didn't want that to go unnoticed. I'm super excited about what we're going to do today. So Hey, happy Sunday and happy Valentine's Day as well. Well, uh, so Valentine's Day is the day of love. And if you have a significant other, then the pressure is on you. And if you don't have a significant other, it doesn't matter. It's just a day of love. Speaking of, you are not my significant other, but I got you a Valentine. Oh, yeah? Oh, look at that. That is pugs and kisses. Yeah, from you, something to do with dogs. I get it. That's, that's, I should have expected that. And it's such a high quality gift as well. I noticed at the bottom, it says milk chocolate flavored. So I'm not (laughs) sure how much milk chocolate is in this Valentine, but I am going to enjoy it. And I will think of you whenever I take a bite. Uh, Well, it might just be your first bite, and then you're like, no, thank you. I'll just take your love and not your chocolate. <laughs> but for whatever format Valentine takes for you, it is our love that we want to send you. Happy Valentine's Day. We yes. are happy to be spending it with you. Uh, okay, so this series we're kicking off, you and I get to kick off, is called Faith Wins. And I love this sentiment. I, I just love it. I would like to hear uh, if you resonate with it and what it means to you and what you're hoping we get out of it. You know, Angela, um, as, as I think about that title, I remember as a kid sitting in church at my grandfather's church where he was the pastor. And up on the stage above where he stood when he spoke, there was a giant plaque and I must have read it hundreds of times. And it said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And those words come from the pen of John the apostle, who was one of Jesus' closest followers. And it's just etched in my memory and in my consciousness, faith wins. Mm. In what, in what way does faith win? Like, 
okay, ultimately at the end of the world, those who had faith have eternal life. Like, in what way do you think faith wins? So as I was doing research uh, for this series, I, I just wanted to go back in scripture and pull up all kinds of passages on faith. And one of the translations of this passage that says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, actually dug into it and the, its translation said, this is the way we overcome the pull of the world in our lives. Oh. It's actually through our faith. And what I got out of that is faith gives us a different perspective. We know how things look, but often how things look is not how they really are. And faith is what gives the, us that perspective that God sees. So you're hearkening back to the series we just came out of, which is Look Up, that you can look here and you can see the reality that is here, but it's not the only reality that's at play. And it's not even the biggest reality at play. And in that, I can see how the phrase faith wins. This reality, if we will have the faith both to look up and to believe that, uh, it, it overcomes whatever disillusionment is at this level or discouragement or frustration or whatever. It, it's, it literally wins. Yeah, yes. Paul wrote and said, we walk by faith and not by sight. So it's as if we need to take the spectacles of faith and put them over our eyes because they enable us to see things that our eyes by themselves cannot see. Okay. Okay, so part of the beauty of this being a conversation instead of a teaching is we get the ability, <laughs> I get the ability to poke at you. <laughs> so okay. what, what does that look like for you when you look back on this last year as you're headed into whatever season is coming next? Literally, how are you leaning into your faith? So like everybody else, 2020 was a difficult year for me. There, I, anybody who says, oh, it was pretty normal for me, needs to have a reality check or at least a transparency check because this has been a difficult and challenging year. Like you said earlier, you like change. I love change. Um, I see change as the gateway to growth. And so, and I want to grow and I always want to learn, but this last year, um, there, there's been a lot of change. And a friend of mine shared with me an illustration the other day that has sort of given me words for this thing that I've been trying to lean into. And it was the idea that underneath the surface of the ocean water next to the shore, there are these giant coral reefs and they're beautiful and they take root in the bottom of the ocean. And in that way, they're unshakable. And when the waves come in, they create all sorts of havoc and, and they never quit. They are relentless. And in some ways, 2020 has been like one wave of change and challenge after another after another, after another. And it, it seems like, wow, how do I keep my equilibrium? And 
So Peter writes and says that you and I, the children of God, have received an unshakable kingdom. And so I'm learning to actually trust in that unshakable kingdom of God that I'm a part of. And instead of looking at the waves and the chaos and and all the havoc that it might be creating around me, I'm learning to focus my attention and to ground myself and center myself in this unshakable kingdom that God has given me that can never be taken away from me and it can never be dislodged from its roots. Okay. So can I can I press in just a little more to your privacy? Sure. <laughs> Cuz I I think that's terrific. I I like that analogy a lot of the coral reef and the unrelenting waves. What does that actually look like? Are you spending so if this year requires more focus on that unshakable kingdom? Are you literally spending more time like reading the Bible? Literally spending more time praying, literally spending more time listening, like expecting God to say something to your spirit that is having trouble focusing on the unshakable kingdom. Like literally, what are you doing to up your faith game? So in the most practical sense, I'm not actually, if you had a stopwatch, I'm not actually spending more time. Okay. Okay. But the questions that I'm pressing into are different, okay? okay. I'm, I'm not just trying to accumulate more Bible knowledge or do a Bible study, okay. but I'm actually, I'm actually pressing into questions like, okay, God, where's the unshakable kingdom in this? Mm. What okay. can I grab a hold of that's actually part of the unshakable kingdom. And sometimes it's a Bible verse that God takes me to. Sometimes it's a principle I've known all of my life, like one that I just talked about. We walk by faith, not by sight. And, and God would say to me what we just said in our previous teaching series, run, get your eyes up off of the challenging circumstances and put them on me. And I've got this. Okay. I'm not going to do it for you, but I will do it through you. And and that spawns a conversation. Okay, God, if you're going to do it through me, first of all, give me the right perspective, because it's hard for me to do the right thing with the wrong perspective. So give me the right perspective. And then once he's given me the perspective, now what do you want me to do? Okay. Yeah, that helps bring it home. That helps. Yeah. I can I can resonate with that too. I really appreciate the clarity of like, I'm not necessarily spending more time. I'm just asking different questions. Even that right there is like, oh, you're right. That's so, it seems so obvious once you say it, because of course the circumstances have changed entirely. It makes sense that the conversations we're having with God would have topic changes to them. And that just gives me some insight into how I might be switching my my. Um, prayer time or my conversation time with God to make it more effective. Because I, I obviously by my question, I was defaulting to these circumstances are harder than the average circumstance. And therefore I need more 
and I love the fact that you're pointing out, no, I maybe just need different. I maybe just right. need different. Okay, so I related to this, I've been thinking a lot about the concept of managing hope. And, and by that, I mean that I have begun to see hope as not a thing that I'm hoping to, <laughs> that I would like to receive from some cosmic somewhere, <laughs> that I'm seeing hope as a plant to be watered and fed. And the more I, I manage that little plant, the healthier and more vibrant it is and the more fruit it gives me back. Do you resonate with that concept at all? Are you managing hope? Yes. Um, I just want to say anybody that's not managing hope during this time is losing hope. Uh, that, that's just the nature okay. of what we're in. Okay. Um, and while you were talking, a verse came to mind, which is one of my favorite verses in scripture. And Peter, it comes from the, the pen of the apostle Peter, who says in the first chapter of his first uh, book, he says, God has given us new birth into a living hope. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. And when I think about that living hope, there's two or three things that come to mind. Number one, it's living, which means it's not static. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it means that it's ever changing, which means it can be continually fresh and new and growing. And notice Peter says we were given new birth into this. It's like we're little children with a new toy, right? And we have to grow with it. Another thing that it means is anything that's living can grow. Anything that's dead can't. Yeah. So God's given us a faith that could actually grow. And I love your picture. If, if I nurture it and water it and fertilize it, it can grow. If I neglect it, it's like every other living thing, it will die. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, if anybody's not managing hope, they're actually losing hope. And then the third thing is, and maybe this is the most important one during this time, a living thing can recover from injury, mm, yeah. but a dead thing can't. And God has given us a living hope. And maybe our hope took a big hit during 2020. It's a living hope. It can recover. But like anything else that's injured, you have to tend to it. You have to treat it as if it's injured. You have to nurture it. And eventually, oftentimes, for instance, a broken bone, if you're willing to set it and tend to it, when it heals, it's actually stronger. And so, yes, I am managing hope by doing all those things okay i really like that analogy but i don't literally know what you're doing to manage hope like literally tangibly what are you doing to tend that little living plant okay i'm going to go back to our last teaching series okay look up okay um god continually says to me when I start to panic and lose hope and things seem unmanageable and they seem bigger than I am and I don't see a potential positive outcome, God continually says to me, Ron, look up. 
put your eyes on me. I, I've got this. In fact, Ron, in spite of how tough this looks, I am actually at work in this for your good. Okay. So I'm chuckling over here because okay. my next question I wanted to ask you is how do you answer the accusation that of course ron pastor of x number of decades is you know able to manage his hope and able to live by faith so like i already know that's my next question for you don't answer that yet i am laughing because your answer is like well of course you are of course your answer is god and your conversations with god so i like uh, just for those of you <laughs> you are gonna have to answer the question about like it seems like you have an unfair advantage because of how many years you have been engaging with these conversations with God, how well you know your Bible. So like I could be talking about a plant and you're coming up with a Bible verse that backs it up. Like it seems like you have an unfair advantage for the rest of you. Uh, I was thinking your answer might be something a little more similar to my answer, which is I have really pressed into friends who are fostering their own hope. And I haven't abandoned my friends who are drowning. But like my friends who are really struggling to manage their own hope, I go over and invest in that friendship in a way to give them something. But I am purposefully pressing in more with friends who are managing their hope because their hope is contagious. I have changed my social media feeds. I have filled my Instagram following hashtags and following people that are constantly giving out a, um, their, their message of hope. Like I'm very tangibly uh, bringing in voices of hope and I am putting in serious restrictions on my mind. Like, is this helping me to think more about this in managing my hope or is it shriveling up my little hope plant? So like I'm, I'm also um, seriously uh, being the master of my own thoughts in order to manage this hope. So I was thinking you would have like things like that. Of course your answer is. Okay. <laughs> Just in the fairness of, of whatever unfair advantage you think I might have. Okay? Help us understand how you don't have an advantage. Like, what are you doing? Like, okay. oh, go, go for it. All right. Uh, number one, I just want to say I'm almost 70. And everyone who is a Christian and has been a Christian for decades has an unfair advantage. It's not oh. unfair. It's an earned advantage of having walked with God for a long time. So for everybody who's maybe been a Christian for a long time, good for you. you and for everybody who's just in the beginning of this journey, hey, that's all out there for you. And that day is coming for you as you continue to add to this experience you have of walking with God. Now, we're earning it now, all of us. Even if you're 70, you're still earning that privilege to rest in peace because you've learned the skill. Yeah, yeah that's, but true. I, that's true. But I do want to say one other thing. Um, for instance, I'm continually feeding my mind on things that will grow my hope. Right. and one of the things that i'm using right now is with you today these are my friends at new life who are finding ways to nurture their own hope and i'm thinking i've watched a number of them recently but my mind continually goes back to one that was submitted by melinda bauer 
mm-hmm. who ha- who happens to be a shepherd, right? <laughs> and her with you today about what she does when they get ready to move the sheep to where they need to be, that she actually walks the path and looks at it through the eyes of the sheep. And she notices the puddles that they that they will walk single file around. And she notices something white that, that will frighten them. And she removes the obstacles to make sure that path is good for the sheep. And then she takes the sheep in that path. That was so helpful for me to, to, to know that Jesus goes ahead of me. And he's every path he's taking me on, and that includes everyone in 2020. Every path, he is actually removing obstacles, and he's doing whatever he can do to make sure that path is just right for me. Not that it won't be scary and not that it won't be easy, but it is my path, and it takes me to where he knows is great for me. That helps my hope. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for both of those. One, I, I love that with you today as well. That really spoke to me, but also just your admission. It's so easy to sit where we are and envy other people's whatever, that their path looks easier. Or in this case, my envy of you that you seem to just naturally live by faith. It's That's actually a correction of me to say what you said about the advantage to remind me that that's not an enviable thing. That's an earned thing. And it's so encouraging to me like to stay the course, that this is a thing that you get as you build your faith every day. It is a muscle. So thank you for that. That's really, that was really yeah. helpful. Okay. I promised uh, that after I would poke, 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 poke at you, that you could ask me one question. And I'm a little bit afraid that your one question is going to be as hard as all my questions put together. <laughs> but but uh, here's your chance. Okay. Um, now, this is not going to be a difficult question. Okay. But I know that 2020 had tons of challenge for all of us. And 2021 is, has just as much challenge. I, yeah. It was not lost on me that 10 minutes into 2021, the power went out at my house. And it was like, oh, and I thought this year was going to be better. Yep. And instead, you got eight I woke more up minutes and, than I did. Yes. Mine was at 12.02. <laughs> yes. So, um, so there's tons and tons of challenge. But I also know that packaged in the middle of all this challenge, there have been some unexpected gifts that the pandemic has brought us. Mm-hmm. So what's an unexpected gift that the panic that the pandemic brought you either last year or is bringing you now? That's a good one. Um, I got two. Uh, I got two. And one sure. kind of leads to the other one. But I am a person who really likes challenge. I really enjoy challenge. And, and therefore, I highly value grit. And um, one of the ramifications of that, though, is that I have a propensity towards workaholism and um, an out-of-balance pace of life. And it's a downside of a thing that I really love, but it, it's a true downside. And the, the pandemic was a 
restrictor on me that at first I did not welcome because it utterly changed the form of challenge. And I, I was kind of liking the challenge that I was on. <laughs> so it, at first it was a restrictor that I shaped against. I really struggled with that, but um, I am learning new levels of grit that I did not um, previously have. Several times in this year, as I have been complaining in my conversations with God, he has said some version of, hey, Ange, you know that picture of yourself that you see out in the future, your idealized self, that person you want to be? You can't become that person without things like this that get you there. So like, I want to be a person of deep resilience. Well, you don't get there taking the easy path. I want to be a person of expansive love, like unlimited amounts of love. Well, you don't get there without learning to love your enemies. Like this, this season has been um, full of things I would not have picked for myself, but consistently throughout it, God is like, but I, I'm using it for things that you've asked me for. <laughs> so maybe... You could just get what you want out of it. So, um, but specifically in answer to your question, the pace of life requirement, uh, it turns out that I'm thirsty for challenge, but I was also thirsty for a season of a different pace. And I have really enjoyed that, which leads to my second um, silver lining gift, which is this season with Jason. And I know not everybody is sharing their home um, with people that are easy to get along with or sharing their home with anyone at all. I, I cannot even imagine going through this pandemic living alone. I, I, I look at families and my heart just goes out to the chaos that is the homeschooling and, and all of that. And I just empathize as best I possibly can. I think though that there is a unique challenge for whomever is living alone during this pandemic. And my heart just, I just don't even know the depths to which I could explain it goes out. So I recognize this is maybe a gift that I get to have that hurts to hear from someone else listening. Um, but I have an amazing husband who is on a huge growth trajectory, and that has meant a lot of disequilibrium in our home. As there's challenge for everybody, I'm on a growth trajectory, he's on a growth trajectory, and when you've hitched your wagons together, every time somebody's on a growth trajectory, it messes up the homeostasis. And we're both messing with our equilibrium and so it has not been the easiest year in our marriage, but it has been rich. And I just, his tenacity to stay at this, our determination to make this be um, a tool to use to, for our marriage to be um, even better, I just can't, will forever look back at this season and be like, we forged some serious marriage I don't know, chutzpah. I don't. I don't know. Like we yeah. we forged something in this process, um, and we are different because of it. Well, that's a great answer, and I, I that's not a surprise to me. Um, but I think that's an awesome thing. I just want to say something for those who don't have a significant other, and they're going through this alone. 
I think it's important for, for them to realize that the same God who provided Jason for you is providing what they need for those very same gaps and for those very same challenges. Only it's not coming in the form of a marriage partner mm-hmm. or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a fiance or whatever. It's coming in the form of friends. It's coming. It, God's not limited. He can bring those resources to us however he wants. And the great thing about him is he will tailor the resources to who we are and where we are in life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I a think great. We put marriage up on a pedestal that God does not put on a pedestal. I think when you think about how God sees intimacy and how he intended family to function, he did not limit family in the way that we limit our definition of family. So I think um, that's why it's like, oh, I, I'm somewhat hesitant to talk about this particular gift because of how it might reinforce our society's idealiz- idealization of marriage. God is providing, uh, like Jason, I can't have kids. And that is a gap for me and that causes angst. And yet I look around and God is providing something that touches that heart space for me. And I and he keeps redefining what family looks like that is a, a much more nuanced and full definition than our society would do. And I, I like that. God's kingdom is not pinnacled at marriage. Right. <laughs> like, that's not the no. thing. So, no. okay. All right, that was, that's fun. Okay, last yeah. thing, I asked you to bring a song with you that is really speaking to you in this season. And we're going to play it next, but what did you pick and why did you pick it? Why is this song speaking to you right now? So about six or seven years ago, um, God really challenged uh, our worship leaders to write original music during that season. Um, And they responded in amazing ways. And the end result of that was a CD um, that was recorded live at New Life. And it, it's so fun for me to pick up that CD and listen to it because it brings back lots of memories and, and all that kind of stuff. But there's great challenge in every song on that CD. And one of them, I think, just ties into everything we've talked about today. Um, if you can picture an ocean and it's an angry ocean, and it's filled with big waves and and you're on a boat and the fog is out there and it's really hard to see clearly and you know you're approaching land but you don't know where it is and you know that the land that you want to stand on could also destroy your ship and could also take your life um you're looking for some sort of clarity and when you think back about 2020 and where we are right now we're in an angry sea and there's division in our country and there's division in the world and there's racial injustice and there's a pandemic and there's loss of jobs and there's kids having to be homeschooled at home and distance learning and call it in high school seniors that are missing their their senior year and and college students that can't even be on the campus it's an angry seat and 
and finding landmarks is hard because our traditional landmarks are have largely been taken away from us. And there's one thing that the captain of every ship looks for, and that's a lighthouse. Because the captain knows the lighthouse is on land. The captain knows that by looking at the lighthouse, he can tell about how far he is from either safety or destruction, depending upon how he or she manages that. And um, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And there's something about Jesus that brings such clarity and and dependability. And you know what? If we can keep our eyes on the lighthouse, we will never be lost at sea because it's the lighthouse that leads us home. And that's why I picked this song. I love it. Okay, New Life. We're going to enjoy the song. I would say just close your eyes and let these lyrics seep in. Faith wins.
We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.